If your team got guaranteed money, tell them call me. Whoop. Make me say, my, my, my. I done been around the world. Yeah, I was made for this. Player Performance with J.A. Cavalier. Welcome to Player Performance, Episode 6, NFL Week 17. I am J.A. Cavalier, the most respected figure in sports gambling. We'll get you all you need to know to beat the book. First, let's recap Week 16 with Tessa Hall. Back it up. One more time. All right, let's see that again. NFL Recap Week 16, the Vikings took on Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara won. His six touchdowns clinched the Saints, the NFC South. The Bucks are back in the playoffs after Brady ended a 13-year drought with the rout of the Lions. Somebody hug a Cardinals fan. Their playoff hopes are in limbo after a crushing loss. Fitz magic yet again. Tua rode the bench while the vet quarterback led the fence to an improbable comeback. The Ravens are rolling and the Giants are falling. Both teams will battle for the postseason this week. Speaking of handing out hugs, Browns fans need them too after dropping a game to the lowly Jets. The Bears could actually make the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. 2020 is weird. The Chiefs beat the Falcons by three points. In other news, the Falcons blew another lead. You know it's bad in Houston when they're losing games to Cincinnati and Brandon Allen. Don't sleep on the Steelers. The Colts did, and it didn't work out well for them. Washington just needed to beat Carolina. Of course they didn't, and the NFC least madness ensues. Some way, somehow, Anthony Lynn may be saving his job as the Chargers win another close one. Jalen Hurts couldn't stop hurting his own team with turnovers as Dallas killed Philly's season. Jared Goff is hurt, and so are the Rams' playoff hopes as Seattle wrapped up another division-winning season. A little snow never hurt nobody, especially Aaron Rodgers, who put a 40 spot on the Titans at Lambeau. Don't call the Pats. Bill Belichick broke every phone at Foxborough. Thank you, Tessa, and a very happy new year to you. So here it is, week 17, the last week of the season, the last show of 2020. On this show, the last two weeks, 13 and 6, all picks and leans, 6 and 2, followed by 7 and 4, of course. Now we're going to roll right into week 17. We have a lot to do. There are 12 games with playoff implications this weekend. I want to get to every single one of them. All aboard. The money train is pulling out right into NFL Week 17. Locked, loaded. We're ready to roll. Let's bring in the new year. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Bucks are minus six and a half. The total is 50 and a half. J.D., you stay away from the spread on this game, given the volatility, and you go straight for the over, given the numbers that are out there? The Buccaneers are playoff bound for the first time since 2007. Fifth seed in the NFC is still up for grabs. Now, why is the fifth seed so important? Now, true, there's no layups in the NFL, but the fifth seed plays the winner of the NFC East. And I can't say for certain the approach Arians would take. I can say the one team they want to avoid at all costs is the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay got hammered in both of those games this season. So normally a team with so many veterans would rest. However, the Buccaneers are coming off their best offensive output of the season. And it finally feels like they're making a conservative effort to get Antonio Brown involved. Two touchdowns his last two games. The more involved Brown becomes, the more it opens things up for Gronk and Evans. I do like the over in this game. The over is 5-0 the last five two uh, times these two teams have gone head-to-head. The over is also hit in Tampa's last 15 of 20 divisional games. Now, the last time these two teams went out, they combined for 58 points. With the Bucs needing a win to secure a first-round matchup against the NFC East, I expect a heavy dose of the Brady Bunch. Remember, Atlanta's defense ranks 31st against the pass. 
And though I leaned over, I love Tampa Bay in this spot. I believe the Buccaneers will be up big enough to rest in the fourth quarter, which will probably affect the total a lot more than it will affect the cover. So lean over, but I love the Buccaneers laying the six. Jay, I like Brady and the Bucs also. This is the time of the year when Brady shines. Do you think that Brady turns it up a notch? I mean, if last week is any indication, then yes. I mean, I think Antonio Brown is the key for this offense. Finding ways to get him involved. I actually worry more about the Bucks' defense than I do the offense. Not for this week, but I, do, I mean for moving forward into the playoffs. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Ravens minus 11 and a half. The total is 44 and a half. Jay, the Ravens are 5-0 and against the number in their last five. Is 11 and a half too big in a game like this, or are you riding them? Now, I say I never laid double digits in the NFL. This may be the one exception to the rule, and for a good reason. The Ravens are on its hair, won four straight, lining themselves up for the playoffs. The Ravens just need to win, and they're in. This is a great matchup for them. They beat Cincinnati earlier in the season 27-3, and that was with a healthy burrow. Baltimore has also been one of the best road teams in the NFL this year, 5-2, and two, and they have absolutely owned the Cincinnati Bengals. But 11.5 is a huge number. The Bengals are playing well. Last week's win over Houston proved it's the system and not really the quarterback. Burrow may be the rising star, but both Finley and Brandon Allen have looked good in this system. The Bengals are also 5-1-1 one one against the spread at home this season. You can't overlook that number. Now, I agree Baltimore is playing sound football right now, balanced pass attack accompanied by a good ground game. But more impressive is how good the Ravens have been on the other side of the ball. Defense ranks fourth overall and 13th against the pass. You've heard me say this over and over again. Run game and defense, two things that travel well, which would explain Baltimore's road record. Now, is that enough to sway me to lay double digits in the NFL? Absolutely not. I will, however, take the Ravens' first half. Much more value in Baltimore laying less than a touchdown, believing that they're going to want to come out of the gates real strong. I like the Ravens in this one. I'll lay the 11 and a half. Uh, I think they'll be taking no chances of losing this one. They win by 20. And if they don't, Jay, I'll be more than happy to sit naked with you again next week. <laughs> you know, I don't understand how I can make so much, so many people money, and yet somehow you find a way for me to lose. You know, because I'm the only one who loses in that scenario. You sitting here naked affects no one else but me. It's not something I want to see. It's not going to happen. Like, forget it. So then root for me to win. Yeah, but then that would be rooting for Baltimore, and I just can't do it. Okay. Well, I'll have my clothes on next week. You don't have to worry. Listen, I'll be rooting for you in the Baltimore game in the first half. But as soon as halftime hits and the Ravens are up by seven or more, that's it. I'm done. For me, the game is over at that moment. Dallas and New York. Dallas is minus two. The total is 45. Jay, did the Cowboys continue to roll or could New York have something up their sleeve in this one? First, it's an NFC East game, so anything can happen. Now, if you ask Cowboy fans, Giant fans, Eagle fans, who do you hate in the NFL? they will undoubtedly mention one of the other two teams. There's more hate in this division than any division in the NFL. So if Washington loses, the winner of this game is in. The storylines in this game are like a fucking soap opera. Jason Garrett now standing on the other sideline. Giants ended Dak Prescott's season earlier this year. Cowboys did go on to win that game 37-34, but the circumstances are much different this time around. Dallas has now won three straight. The Giants have now dropped three straight. I'm going to lean Cowboys in this spot, but it's a very light lean. 
Full transparency, I don't think anyone can make heads or tails of this division. Cowboys are just a hotter team right now. The offense too, it seems to have caught fire under Andy Dalton. They've just put up over 100 points. This is the offense Cowboy fans thought they were getting full season. I'm not a fan of Dallas's defense, but I do have to play the Cowboys in this game. I'm really just playing the hotter team. And as I've stated before, I'm going to play with the streak. I will always play with the streak as opposed to playing against it. The Cowboys are trending in the right direction. I'm going to lean a very soft lean on the Dallas Cowboys. I'll stay out of this matchup as of today. The weather looks like it's going to be a sloppy, rainy, ugly day with temperatures in the 40. But, Jay, do you think the weather is going to be a factor uh, for Dallas or for the Giants? Well, actually, I mean, it could play a huge part in this game. Of all leans and picks, I, I told you this is my least favorite. I would say the weather would favor the run game. However, neither of these teams really have one to speak of, which is actually crazy when you think you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo minus three. The total is 43. This is a number that's moved from 47 and a half to 43. Jay, can Miami keep up with a Bills team playing at full strength and come close to the three and a half number? The Bills were my pick to win the AFC. Nothing has changed. Right now, today, they're the best team in the NFL, in the entire league. So if the Bills were starting Allen and Diggs and playing them full game, the Dolphins' season would be over. But I think Sean McDermott is focused on the playoffs. Buffalo isn't really playing for anything, not for anything of matter. I don't really see a huge difference between the two or three seed this year. I mean, for Miami, this is a second shot. They were the beneficiary of terrible coaching and clock management Saturday night. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. First down, Josh Jacobs slides inside the two. Okay, fine, eat some clock. I'm good with that. But why the fuck on second and third are you not putting it in the end zone? It makes no sense. On third and gold, you kneel? I argue the difficulty level in the NFL would be much greater to score a touchdown with a minute left and no timeouts than it's going to be to move the ball into field goal range with 30 seconds. So what happened? Blown coverage, long pass, face mask 15 yards on top of that, my point proven. I don't have an issue with the face mask. As a defensive player, I get it. You grab what you can. But the coverage? Maybe the worst thing about COVID during the NFL season this season is not being able to see Chucky's face on the sideline. Based upon the fact that I don't believe Allen and Diggs or most of their defensive starters are going to go the full way, I lean Miami in this game. Miami is an impressive 11-4 against the spread. Top scoring defense in the league. Bills aren't going to have a ton of motivation. Lean Miami plus the three and a half. Also a little value in Miami money line at plus 160. Again, I'll stay away from this one, not having any idea who the Bills will start. Jay, I know you like Miami. Do you think that if Miami comes out, puts up two D TDs on the board, gets ahead in this game, Buffalo may pull everyone? I actually don't think the score is going to have anything to do with it. I think Sean McDermott has these guys on a pitch count, so to speak. Makes sense. So you just think that they're going to pull them no matter what? Yeah, I think they're going to limit these guys. I mean, like I said, and I said earlier, I don't really see them playing for much. The two or three speed, uh, seed really means nothing this year in this season. I don't th see a big difference between two and three. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland is now minus nine, the total 42 and a half. Jay, the Browns were a hot team before the, the loss last week to the ugly J-E-T-S's. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting here naked. But anyway, <laughs> do they win and cover against the Steelers team bound to rest most of their starters? And actually, I know four of them are out. 
and Ben is not playing. Okay, so I give the Browns a, a mulligan for last week. I leaned Jets in that game early in the week. I also leaned under the posted total. Both of those tickets, of course, cashed. Mike, after losing with the Rams laying 17 over the same Jets, doubled down with the Browns laying nine and a half. Of course, both of those lost. He promised to do this show naked if the Browns lost. But listen, this is a debt he is never going to be asked to pay. That's one of those, you know, let's not and just say you did things. I promise you, no one wants to see that. Okay, so attaboy this week goes to Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers were lifeless. Big Ben calls a team meeting, pulls the troops together, comeback win over a quality Indianapolis team. The Steelers clinched the division. The Browns, on the other hand, <laughs> they lose to the Jets. Now they need a win in a big way. They win, they're in. If they don't, they need a ton of other things to happen. So this is a must win for the Cleveland Browns. When you think of all the sports struggles this city goes through, it seems almost obvious that they're going to lose this game and miss the playoffs. Now, I'm optimistic this year is going to be different. Finally, Cleveland catches a break. Pittsburgh's sitting most of their starters. Roethlisberger's out. Likely rest for Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and it. So the run game really should open up for Chubb and Hunt. The Browns will also get most of their receiving core back. They get them back from COVID. I lean Browns, but this is still Cleveland. I won't lay the seven. I like the Browns in the front end of a two-team teaser. My problem with this game is COVID. Are you at all worried about Cleveland closing practice earlier today uh, because of more COVID? Well, yeah, they closed yesterday. I mean, this is Cleveland sports. I mean, this is Browns football. You've not made the playoff for 20 years. Steelers are basically forfeiting this game. And still, you may find a way to lose. But actually, from what I know, of the two cases... One has already been in isolation, and the other's not a real threat. All receivers are back. I still believe the Cleveland Browns get it done. I mean, honestly, the Browns can't fuck this up, can they? Um, they did for me last week, so <laughs> I'm, I'm running from them this week. Usually I'll come back and try to get my money back. Not this week, no. Well, no, I've told you time and time and time again, stop yelling and screaming at the TV for mistakes you've made hours and sometimes days prior to the game going off. <laughs> well, I, I didn't foresee last week that Cleveland was going to have the COVID cases and that four receivers were going to be out of that game. But you did foresee that it was still a bad bet regardless laying the nine and a half on the road because I gave you the Jets. I gift wrapped it. I put it in your lap. Actually, I even told you to go under the post. I told you. I told you it was the much bigger, bigger play. I was like, why the fuck would you want to lay double digits in the NFL on the road against a team that's actually playing good football? And the Jets are now five and two their last seven against the spread. I didn't lay double digits. I laid nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Fair enough. <laughs> Arizona at Los Angeles. This game's a pick 'em. The total is 39 and a half. The Cardinals have not looked good recently, but can you trust the Rams team without golf in this one, Jay? Both of these teams need to either win or hope for a Chicago Bear loss. The Rams are without golf. They're going to turn to John Walford, who, yes, a former AAF quarterback with no NFL experience. He's going against the Cardinals defense that ranks fourth against the pass. So let me understand this. In the biggest spot of the season, the objective is to throw a quarterback who has never played an NFL game and hope for the best, that's not really promising. It actually feels more like a throw your hands in the air and rely on the Packers beating the Bears. Or is it really going to be win by defense and running the ball? 
So you get a heavy dose of Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers. But the Cardinals have allowed just four and a half yards per carry and less than 100 yards a game. I lean Arizona in this spot. Kyler Murray should be good enough to suit up in this game, and that's a massive advantage. Arizona scores an average of 26 points a game. That should be enough to win this one. I will take Arizona at a pick in this one. Green Bay at Chicago. Green Bay minus five and a half. The total is 51 and a half. Jay, can the Bears play spoiler to the Packers first round by hopes? Or is five and a half too low of a number? Of the three teams in the NFC fighting for the first spot, I actually think it's the Packers who have the toughest draw. Going to Chicago against a hungry Bears team desperate for a win. Now, it normally takes a lot to get me to back the Packers, but I'm going to eat the five and a half. I lean Green Bay in this spot. The Packers are 8-2 straight up against Chicago. The last time they played, Green Bay blew them out. Trubisky threw two picks. He did have a couple garbage time touchdowns, and he made that score a lot closer than it actually was. The Packers, of course, won that one 41-25. And I don't care if the Bears were on a 10-game winning streak. As long as Trubisky is out there against this Packers defense, I'm not leaning this team ever. The Packers are 15-5 against the number in their last 20 against Chicago. The Bears are inconsistent, 2-6 and six against the spread, the last eight against the NFC North. But the real key for me, Rodgers is playing for the number one spot. He knows how critical home field is, and the Green Bay Packers are dominant at home. My prediction in this game, Packers 35, Chicago Bears 24. I like the Packers by double digits this one. Uh, again, just like Brady, do you agree that Rodgers steps up at this time of the year? I don't know how much more Rodgers could possibly step up. I mean, is it possible? Uh, Super Bowl. But yeah, well, you know what? But that that's a team That's a team thing. You know, he's going to have to have help from the team. And again, for me, that would be the Packers' defense that would raise more questions than it will be whether or not Rodgers is going to step up. I don't think the dude can do any more than he's already been doing. Put up 50. Well, he could do that, and he has done that. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Bears will put up 50. But, but here's, here's the real question. What's the difference between putting up 24 and putting up 50 if the other team scores 21? Nothing. Exactly. And hence you'll see that with uh, when, when they put up 50, Rodgers will be on the sideline. I don't think it would take that long to get him on the sideline. The thing about teams like this is – Brady, Rodgers, Drew Brees, they mean more to their team, probably more than other quarterbacks do to theirs. As soon as these guys build a healthy enough lead, that's it. They're pulled. They're on the bench. You would rather lose this game and lose in a, a certain spot or a certain seed than to lose your starting quarterback. Agreed 100% on that. And you're still going against, you're still going to have to face Khalil Mack and others on the other side of the ball. So it's not really, you don't want to put your quarterback in harm's way, especially when you're playing for so much more than a seed. Yeah, and the Chicago defenders are still playing for pride. Well, the, technically, they're playing for a playoff spot. I mean, it's no, of- I understand. I understand that, but also, it doesn't matter if they're getting if they're down by twenty, thirty. Doesn't matter. They're still going to play tough because these guys are still looking for jobs next year. Well, think of the mentality for a defensive player in the NFL. Think of the mentality that you have to have that you want to be paid to hurt people. That's right. You want to kick the shit out of the other guy. That's the bottom line. And nothing will please the Chicago Bears or Chicago Bear fans than for somebody with the C on their helmet to, to end Rodgers' season. True, true. Jacksonville at Indianapolis. 
Indianapolis is minus 14. The total is 50. Hey, Jay, is uh, 14 too much uh, for these guys to cover in this one? The Jags team seems like they've already given up. They're, they're, they're satisfied with the number one pick, which they're going to get whether they win or lose. But it's like they've thrown in the towel more than anybody. If the Colts were hoping for a New Year's miracle, they got it with this game. I mean, if you have to win to get into the playoffs, who do you want standing across the sideline? The Jacksonville Jaguars, right? I mean, a team that just clinched the number one overall pick in the draft. The problem for the Colts is even with the win, they still need help. Now, they can clinch the division with a win and a Tennessee Titans loss. They get into the wild card with a win and either a Ravens, Dolphins, or Cleveland Browns loss. Of all of those scenarios, the one that seems the most promising is the Indianapolis Colts winning this game and hoping for a Tennessee loss to actually win the division. It's either that or the Colts become the third team in NFL history to not make the playoffs after winning 11 games. Oddly enough, I feel as though the Jaguars are the more comfortable team in this game. The two most talked about teams in the NFL from last week of the season to the first week of the following season is the team that wins the Super Bowl and the team with the number one overall pick, right? So if you cannot finish first, you're better off finishing dead last. Well, the Jaguars have accomplished that. What's funny about this game is this is actually a revenge spot for the Indianapolis Colts. The Jaguars have just won one game all season, and the team they beat was week one, the Indianapolis Colts. Haven't won since and certainly will not win here, all of which is useless knowledge, of course. Indy rolls in this game. Defense ranks third in turnovers. Clinton can't seem to understand. He needs to throw the ball to his own teammates. Combine that with Jacksonville Jaguars allowing 31 points a game. Colts should walk out of this game with a massive win. I won't lay 14. I will, however, put the Colts in a three-team 10-point teaser with the Ravens and look for a third team. I'm going to lay the 14 and watch them win by 20. Jay, I know you, you hate laying the double digits, but do you have a problem, JQ Public, myself, laying 14 for a fun play in this game? Mike, the fact that you're even asking me this question means you've already, <laughs> it means you've already laid the 14. Yes. I, That's correct. That's, yes, I'm trying listen, to get some reassurance, of course. I have a problem laying 14 in any situation with any team, against any team. I am going to have a problem laying double digits in the NFL. Listen, history has taught us that you're not going to make a living in the NFL laying double digits. You're just not going to do it. Well, hopefully we do it this week. So this would be, this would be, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so now this here, here. This will be the 10% that covers. This is, no, this is your third double down now. Because first you went with, first you took the Rams laying 17 over the Jets. Jets win that game outright. And even I was surprised that the Jets actually won the game. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked at all that they covered the game. Right. But only, only you. I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom the thought of anyone else in the country betting the Rams laying 17 points until you said that you did last week. Right, and then I came right back on Monday, learned my lesson, and took Pittsburgh. Well, you learned nothing because you came you came right back, and then you took the Cleveland Browns, of course. And, and yet again, number two win for the Jets. And now you're going to do it again here. Now, listen, of the three bets, I would say that this might be the safest of those three, if, you, if there is such a possible thing. Oh, I believe third time's a charm. <laughs> when exactly... <laughs> What exactly is the definition of insanity? Now listen, I believe third time's a charm better than three strikes, you're out. New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans is minus six and a half. The total is 48. Jay, Breeze and the starters should get most of the reps in this one. 
But let me ask you this. Do you think the Panthers team that is nine and six and one against the spread has a shot in this one? So it seems the Saints don't really need a healthy quarterback to win games. I mean, Alvin Kamara just put up six touchdowns last week in a win over the Vikings. Historic performance. I mean, big win for the Saints. They, of course, clinched the division. I leaned Saints in that game, but they still have some work to do. They could still clinch the top seed with the win and, of course, losses by Green Bay and Seattle. The Panthers straight up are just 2-8 and eight against New Orleans, but they have covered in five of those games. Carolina has also covered four of their last five overall. Matt Rule should have this team ready. He is one of the brighter new coaches in the NFL, and Carolina seems to push really good teams to the limit, what seems to be every week. Now, normally I love the home dog in this spot, though I don't see a letdown from the Carolina Panthers. I just feel the stakes are too high for New Orleans. The Saints will come marching in. The Saints will absolutely hand it to Carolina this week. I'm looking for the Saints to win this game by double digits. I like New Orleans also. Seattle at San Francisco. Seahawks are five and a half. The total is 46. Jay, Seattle's hit the under in their last seven games. And with a third string quarterback going for the Niners, could you lean the under here? So the Seahawks claim the number one overall spot with the win and the Packers loss. Seattle's defense all of a sudden looks like the Legion of Boom reborn. I mean, teams aren't scoring on this unit. I'm not expecting C.J. Beathard to light them up either. San Francisco has gone under in four of six games. Debo Samuel is out. Could be without Raheem Moser. Um, Seahawks have also been playing to the under. Four and one in their last five games. I love the under Seahawks Rams. I actually doubled down here as well. I still like Seattle to cover this game. But I think the best value will be under the posted total. Chris Carson hasn't gone over 80 yards since October. Seahawks could start pulling starters if they get up big enough. Under Seattle, San Francisco, way under the posted total. I like Seattle here to win by double digits. Do you think that Seattle's going to be scoreboard watching in this game, Jay? I feel as though someone's going to get bit watching the scoreboard this week. If it is, in fact, Seattle, I mean, that helps the under, doesn't it? I mean, remember, Seattle, Seattle's in. Seattle, Saints, Bills, all feel like they're playing with house money. And you know better than anyone, Mike. You know, when you're playing with house money, you get a little bit loose, right? Oh, I do that all the time. I have plenty of house money. You see my record. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to keep going at it. Don't I you? didn't do anything. <laughs> Three point spread winners posted daily on whylose.com. That's the letter Y, L O S E.com. Titans at the Texans. Tennessee at Houston. Tennessee is minus seven and a half. The total is 56. Jay, the speech that J.J. Watt gave, is that going to be enough for the Texans to play spoiler to the Titans' divisional hopes in this one? Up to this point on this show, I have been really chalk heavy this week. I'm actually starting to feel like Big Mike. I mean, it's scary. Now, I'm about to become the most hated man in Tennessee. I don't think Houston covers this, Brett. I actually think the Texans win this game outright. Look, Tennessee's 6-13 in their last 19 games against Houston. Titans don't travel well, covering just three of seven on the road. I may not be brave enough to play Houston Moneyline. I will, however, take what I feel is a very generous 7.5. Also, J.J. Watt lit into his team after Sunday's loss. This is most likely his last game as a Texan. Now, that, there's no doubt he's going to leave it all on the field, right? And motivation from an aging star is inspirational. It's a nice story. But it's not really enough to make you feel like Houston has a shot in this game. 
But how about the fact that the Texans have the fourth best passing offense against the 28th ranked passing defense? The home team is also 7-2 against the spread the last nine meetings. I also argue it's a lot easier to contain Derrick Henry than it is to contain Deshaun Watson. The Packers gave you the formula on Monday night. You stack the box, you make Tannehill beat you. Now, I like Tannehill, but I only like Tannehill when the big guy is getting his. When Henry has been contained, Tannehill struggles. I think a pissed off and maybe motivated Texans defense does enough. Give me Houston plus the points. I will take the gift in that seven and a half. Yes, I like that you're chalk heavy on this one, just like Big Mike from the group home. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go over the 56 in this one because the lines makers are telling me to go over. It just seems like it's a ridiculous number. And I will tell you this, gutsy call, would you advise some people to put on the money line a little bit at the plus 270 in this one? Now, only you could fuck up something so perfect. Listen, I love the seven and a half. And yes, the total is telling you Vegas expects points. But they're also telling you that they don't expect points to be one-sided. I advise taking the gift. The gift is seven and a half points. You know, maybe a little small money line chaser, but I'm not going to play at money line. As I said, I'm not brave enough to play this money line, especially when you're giving me such a fat number like seven and a half. Okay. Just just thought I'd throw it out there. Moneyline, you know, for Big Mike and the public, they love seeing something plus 270 if they're going to win. Listen, I advise, and then you go <laughs> off and do something fucking totally different. So it doesn't really matter what I do for you. At the end of the day, as soon as you get up to that window, all bets are off. <laughs> Washington at Philadelphia. Washington is minus two. The total is 43. Hey, Jay, does Taylor Heinke kill this team's chances of making the playoffs and beating the Philadelphia Eagles? Last week, I leaned under Carolina Washington. And of course, we got the dub. I also said that I would lean Washington with and only with Alex Smith. No play for me without him. I have also gone on record for weeks now expressing my dislike for Dwayne Haskins. Actually reminds me a lot of Jamarcus Russell. For those too young, Google him. Drafted by the Raiders, number one, maybe the biggest bust since Ryan Leaf. I mean, the formula for Washington is simple. If Washington wins, they get in. If Washington loses, they're out. It really is that simple. Taylor Hankey. No Alex Smith. It's going to be an Old Dominion star, Taylor Hankey. Um, I don't even know if I'm saying the dude's name correct, and actually, I don't care. He's thrown 58 NFL passes, three of which have been intercepted. On the other hand, the Eagles are playing better with Jalen Hurts. He added a spark to that offense, over 1,000 all-purpose yards the last three games. The Eagles have covered four of their last five at home. I still believe Washington's front is elite, but last I checked, you have to score points in the NFL to win games, and I don't see where those points are going to come from. I like the Eagles in this spot to win this game. Give me the Eagles in what I feel is going to be a very ugly football game. I'm with you on this one. I'll take the Eagles in this one. Also, they hate Washington and would love to knock them out of a playoff position. Now, a question I do have, do you think that the Washington is a bunch of hypocrites by releasing Haskins? Why not do it last week? Well, I think it was more so getting a quarterback ready to play or at least game ready to play. But to be honest with you, I actually see this as maybe a Ron Rivera teaching moment. Maybe using Haskins as an example. You know, Ron Rivera has no ties to Haskins. It wasn't his guy. He brought in Kyle Allen expecting him to start. That was his dude. That was his guy. I don't understand the timing. I mean, it has, there has to be a little bit more behind the scenes. 
It has to be more than just a strip club incident, especially when Daniel Snyder is signing off on this, right? I mean, you would think if anyone gets, yeah, you would think if anyone gets it, Snyder gets it, right? You're absolutely right. You would think Daniel Snyder, but you would also think TVL. So let's go with not for nothing. And the J-E-T-S. And now it's time for Not For Nothing. Not For Nothing. With TVL. Hello, sports fans. This is TVL from New York, New York. New York City. City. Let's talk about my teams. Not For Nothing. Let's get to the fish and raiders. You can see Chucky walking up and down the sidelines with a big fat smile on his face. His D has just sacked the kid so many times on his back all day long. Tua looked more like Tuna. Then all of a sudden, late in the game, the old man came out of the sea. He gave Chucky fits to be tied. And when the game was over, he took his time to say, it's my time, Chucky. See you later. Great way to go there, Fitzy boy. And not for nothing. Oh, Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill. Sorry to say, your Cam Newton looked more like a fig Newton. Well, 2020 is almost over for now. Looking forward to a new year. Hockey, baby. Islanders, they move next to a racetrack. So let's get out of the gate as fast as we can. And not for nothing, Dolan. How about a winning season at the Garden? I want a winner, I tell you. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Two in a row? Wow. Big Mike. Or is it Damash? Cleveland, he said. I'll take off all my clothes if they lose by three touchdowns. Not for nothing, Mike. Are you sitting there with all your clothes off? I know you're six foot five and a big, big guy. Did your family come in and say, oh my God, it's a whale. Push him in the water. He's gonna die. 2021, guys. Love you, Mike. Hope you and your family have a very, very happy new year. And that's it for me, guys. And not for nothing, let's have a great 2021. Hope everybody is healthy and wise. Take care, guys. I love you, New York. You're still number one in my book. The overall thoughts of TVL do not represent player performance. In fact, disregard all of what is said and our apologies in advance. Thank you, TVL, and a very happy new year to you as well. Mike, 2020 is leaving us. 2021 is coming in. Any resolutions this year? Absolutely. Uh, My resolution is to win more games than TVL and the JETS Jets. So I only have to win about seven games in 2021. Happy New Year, TVL. Well, that's about like par for the course, considering what did you do? You won like three in 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the problem is it was COVID. Well, Ben, you did beat the Jets. So if that was your goal, you achieved it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Hey, listen, you know what they say. Always make sure that your goals are reachable. And they are. Well, I I appreciate that. (laughs) Now, I only, so what is your what? Let me ask you: What is your New Year resolution? I make one New Year's resolution every year, and it's actually always the same resolution. Every year, it's the same. It's always to be better next year than I was this past year. I strive for perfection, and though I don't believe anyone will ever be perfect, I do believe there's always room for improvement. Now, I'm a sports handicapper, so most are going to hear this, 
And they think, must think, oh, I mean, winning games, win more games. And yeah, that too. I always want to win every game I release. Whether it's a lean or it's a fucking monster, I want to win every single pick I make. But what I really mean is I actually mean every aspect of life. Any aspect of life, all aspects of life. I want to be better in 2021 than I was in 2020. Well, that's our show for this week. As always, bet with your head, not above it. For Tessa Hall, TV out, and Big Mike from the group home, I am J.A. Cavalier. This has been NFL Week 17. We'll be back with the playoff edition next week as we welcome in 2021. Day, week, month, and season packages available on whylose.com. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E dot com.